Like it or not, the senior and elderly population is vulnerable to negligence committed by medical professionals, nursing home and assisted living facilities, pharmaceutical and medical device companies, insurance companies, and everyday individuals and businesses. The Injured Senior Podcast is here to help. Steve Heisler is the creator of the National Injured Senior Law Center and has been advocating for seniors' rights for over 20 years. You have questions, and Steve Heisler has answers. This is the Injured Senior Podcast. Hello to all in the Injured Senior community. This is Stephen Heisler, founder and CEO of the National Injured Senior Law Center. And I'm recording this podcast today, coming to you from the land of pleasant living, Baltimore, Maryland. You are currently listening to the Injured Senior Podcast, where we educate and discuss issues of importance to the injured senior and elderly population, as well as to the children and loved ones of the injured senior and elderly population. I am your humble host. So about a month ago, my lovely wife, Michelle, and I were hanging out at home, as we usually do. I'm a homebody. On a Friday night, ended a work week, and we like to just kick back and watch some good Netflix or Amazon. So we, uh, we decide to watch uh, a movie, and that movie was very uninspiring. So I don't even remember what the name of the movie was. So Michelle went on to Amazon to see if there were any new documentaries that we could uh, download and watch. So Michelle finds a documentary about elder abuse called The Guardians. She says, hey, you know, you might be interested in this. So I said, okay, let's watch it. I always like to agree with my wife. And she said that she knows obviously that with the National Injured Senior Law Center that I like watching anything that has to do with seniors. And this was about elder abuse. So I said, sure, let's, let's watch it. Folks, all I can say is that the one hour and 44 minutes that I watched that movie literally shook me to the core. I frankly could not believe what I was watching. This film basically exposes something in my 59 years on the planet Earth that I never thought could occur in America. So basically, ladies and gentlemen, this movie is about for-profit public guardians who are allowed under the law to obtain control, and I mean total control, over elderly individuals under the guise of that elderly individual is incompetent. And we'll talk about that too. And thus, they have the right to get guardianship over the elderly individual or elderly couple and sell their assets and leave them very poor with no freedom or control over their lives. I mean, I felt like I was watching something right out of Nazi Germany. And this was, in 2017, totally legitimate, totally legal, totally endorsed by the legal and judicial infrastructure of Clark County, Nevada. And what's scary, folks, is that this is going on in America now right now as we speak, in other cities. These guardians are not family, so they're not family members of the elderly individuals. They are total strangers. They're not the children. They're not a relative. They are total strangers. So this crime against humanity, which in my opinion it is, was exposed in the film, uh, The Guardians, as well as in a later article in the New Yorker called How the Elderly Lose Their Rights. And I implore you to go online. You can download it right online. It's a great article. So halfway through the film, I tell my wife, hey, I've got to have this guy, the guy that filmed this movie. I, I have to have him on the podcast. And by the way, his name is Billy Mintz. 
So I shoot him an email, like right in the middle of the movie and said, I'm watching your documentary. It is mind blowing as far as what's going on. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And what does Billy do? Billy gets back to me before the end of the movie and says, I'd love to be on your podcast. So guess who we have on today's show? Yes, we have Billy Mintz. Now, Billy is here today to talk about the documentary, The Guardians. And by the way, get the article, The New Yorker, but go to Amazon on your TV and watch that movie. We're going to talk about it in a moment. But anyway, Billy's here to uh, talk about the documentary and the abuses that he exposes and documents that are being committed against the elderly population by public guardians. And in this instance, it was in Clark County, Nevada. Hello, Billy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Steve? I'm great. It's, uh, you know, we're recording this on a Friday. It's sunny and beautiful outside. And I'm really excited to have you on the show. I never thanked you for responding to my email, but I'm thanking you now because I think this is really, really going to be a, a, a wonderful show. And I think our listeners in the injured senior community are really going to get a lot of benefit out of this. And it's probably going to shock them. You know, I don't know if it's going to shock them to the core, but it's something that, that I think that they need to know about. And I don't think a lot of them know that this is going on in this country. So your documentary, The Guardians, which, by the way, I, I believe was up for a nomination with the Canadian Movie Association. Am I right about that? Because I read that on, on Google. Yeah, I think it was the Canadian Screen Awards, uh, and and it's been up for a lot of other prizes. We've won a lot of festivals and and uh, other awards throughout uh, throughout its time. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolutely great piece of work. So, what gave you the idea to do this type of movie? Well, it's not kind of uh, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, you don't think in, in documentary filmmaking and in social justice, you don't really have the liberty to think of what kind of movie you want to make. You sort of discover something that's going on and you realize that uh, you're the person that needs to expose this to a larger audience. As you had said, you know, you didn't realize it was going on. And these are the type of crimes that exist in the United States only because people don't know what's going on until it's too late. And uh, I had uh, discovered this, that it was happening through one individual that I met and I looked into it. And then I realized that this is something that's happening to thousands upon thousands of people in the United States, specifically elderly people. And uh, I just knew that there was uh, something that I had to do about it to sort of uh, ring that the clarion call, the warning bell to say, hey, you need to be careful out there. There are people out there that are uh, looking and have are very uh, organized in order to exploit you and take advantage of you and take away your liberties. And there is really very little way to fight back. So you're a filmmaker. And just to give our uh, injured senior community just a little bit of uh, information about you, had you been doing social justice uh, documentaries before this, or is this the first time that you were delving into the social justice arena? Just a little little background. You know, I, I as growing up as a neurotic Jew, I always grew up with the concept of like life was unfair and I had to do something about it. And that sort of turned into my profession. You know, it came from the times of being embarrassed at the uh, grocery store when my mother would find something that was the wrong price as advertised. And she would embarrass me. And then I turned that into my job. But uh, I, I took on a little more serious issues than, than my mother. But uh, yeah, I think documentary, a lot of times, it's kind of hard to get out of social justice when you're doing documentaries, because that's kind of where our profession leads us. My uh, first film was uh, in the realm of social justice. And, and the more I delved into things that were happening in our country that law enforcement 
uh, weren't really doing or weren't able to do something about it. And, you know, where there's victims and victims who are not getting a voice, that's sort of where I gravitated to use my uh, privilege and use my, you know, big, loud, strong voice uh, to, to help others who were marginalized and, and in need. That makes a lot of sense. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So can you share with our injured senior community the backstory of how you were able to you know, move forward and, and make this documentation a reality? This documentary, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. if it's okay to give it some context, because I don't think we've really talked actually about what it's, what it's about and what the film is about and what, what it is that sure. we uncovered. Basically, I, I learned that uh, there was a basically a criminal conspiracy running through family courts all across the United States where uh, lawyers and judges and uh, what people call themselves as uh, professional and public guardians, people who are uh, you know, supposed to be taking care of uh, vulnerable people, they are, were using the color of law in order to basically legally kidnap elderly people take guardianship over their lives and their money and incarcerate them uh, in nursing homes against their will. And how what I uncovered was in state diagnosis of dementia. So basically what happens is somebody knocks on your door and you don't even know who they are, but they actually already have uh, legally been able to take over your life and your finances and there's a whole backstory that was happening without your knowledge where you possibly your, uh, you know, some, somebody in your health care was involved. And uh, what's happening is that elderly people are being targeted and by an entire system that's, you know, completely legal, unethical, but legal, that's uh, running through uh, the court system, which is set up to entrap and snare you and take away all your money and your liberty. And how did you find out about this? Well, uh, interestingly enough, a total different story was I was uh, I was looking for my next film, and I kind of asked, uh, you know, the powers that be, meaning whether it be the universe or God, whatever you believe, of you know, where's my next story? And I heard a very strong voice to go to Serbia, to go to Belgrade, and I'd never been there, and I I was confused, and so I flew to Belgrade, showed up, and immediately within five minutes met uh, a man who asked me, what am I doing here? And I told him the story I just told you, that I just kind of got this premonition to find my next story in Belgrade. And he kind of laughed and then immediately introduced me to a man whose uh, parents were taken in a guardianship scam. And uh, I had no idea what that meant. And so I, I met with this man and his parents were basically kidnapped by their accountant who became their executor. And so I went to look into it and found out that there were actual full organizations that were set up in, in order to uh, help elderly people, but uh, but nobody had written about it. Nobody had uh, made a film about it. So I did a, a couple years worth of research and then found some cases in Las Vegas and decided to just focus on one county. And I exposed all of the players that were basically being parasites and vultures and doing terrible things to elderly people in Vegas. So, and by the way, I don't know even know if Belgrade is a democracy or not, but I kind of think it's somewhere in Eastern Europe and you think oh, it must is or could have been a communist country. I could see it happening in a communist country, but I could never see it happening in the United States of America. So who are the players? And could we kind of like go through from the beginning when a person knocks on the door or actually before they knock on the door? You know, where does is, where is the whole scenario start, I guess? Okay, well, it's interesting because where it starts for the individual is the knock on the door, but it actually started a long time earlier, unbeknownst to the person who is getting that uh, knock on the door. And once they knock on your door, it's all you're already done. 
you, you're already part of the system. And, and if they, if you're one of those unlucky people that get your door knocked on, which happens to, uh, you know, it could very much happen to you. So don't think it can't because it happens to uh, hundreds of thousands of people in the United States. In fact, there's 1.5 million people right now under guardianship and it's unknown how much of that is uh, unlawful guardianship or it's actually legal, but uh, unethical guardianship or guardianship, what we call guardianship abuse. But uh, what happens is it happens a lot earlier and it could happen. You could be walking down the street and going to your community center and the person who works at the desk is a mole and a person who's on the look you just all you need is a house because they're looking for your house and they know your situation maybe your children are out of state and so you can be taken advantage of easier or maybe you have issues with your family that this person knows about so this person could be a person who works at a community center it could be your doctor it could be the assistant to your doctor it's anybody that has knowledge of who you are and where you are and they're looking for a particular type of person there's a, a model that they're they're looking for and uh and then what happens is uh you know doctors are in on this or physicians assistants and what they do is they write up a fake diagnosis of dementia or saying that you cannot take care of yourself unbeknownst to you and then they have an entire court proceeding where lawyers are involved, uh, guardians are involved, and uh, the judge is involved. And they basically kind of sell and uh, trade you like on a stock market, but in family court where they give temporary guardianship to this guardian. And all these people are in on it. It's a conspiracy that's been going on for 40 years. It's a criminal conspiracy. It's very well-organized, well-oiled. Uh, these lawyers, they make so much money off of it by uh, just getting you caught up in the system that you can't get out of, and they basically drain your entire savings. So I, I can take a break there. I can keep taking you through the process. Up, up to you. Well, let me ask you this. So who is the ringleader for all of this, if you know? In other words, uh, who is really the one that is kind of running the show and is, I guess, the mastermind of it? In the movie, I kind of thought it was, uh, I guess I'm going to ask you about him, but the, one of the public guardians who had been like the, you know, like the godfather of public guardians. But who, who really is the mastermind of this? Well, you know, I think it's probably different in each scenario of what state or what county is operating. There's definitely a playbook. They all, across the states, we've learned that they all operate from the same playbook. They're all doing the same system. And when you have, like, you know, let's call them wolves, I mean, it just depends who the alpha is and who's, uh, who's the scariest and who's uh, running the whole thing. You know, you have a lot of corrupt people that are all coming to the same uh, trough and eating from the same place. But um, in, in the case of, the guard, of my film, The Guardians, in, in Clark County, Las Vegas, uh, in Nevada, it's basically a, a gentleman by the, who was uh, by the name of Jared Schaefer, who he had been the public guardian uh, before. So he kind of created all the laws around it, how to deal with all these elderly people. And of course, guardianship is actually intended to be a good thing. It's for vulnerable people who can't really take care of themselves they're going to need a guardian most people will need a guardian at some point in their life but the thing is is that they discovered there's so much money to be made i mean we're dealing right now with the hugest wealth transfer about to happen from uh you know parents to children we're talking about trillions of dollars um, that are about to change hands from parents to their children. And these scrupulous guardians, lawyers, judges, the entire uh, family court system has found a way to get in the way of that transfer and actually take all the money. And most people in guardianship uh, that are in it against their will uh, lose everything and the children don't get anything. And the they don't only lose all their money, but they lose their liberty and they, uh, you know, the rest of their life is, in some level of incarceration that their children cannot get them out of. That's those with children. This was happening for 20 years 
to a uh, large generation that did not have children. And then now we're dealing with the baby boomer generation who, uh, you know, there's a lot of more people with children. So they're actually taking them with, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of uh, consequences that come with it because the children are trying to fight back, but they're helpless because nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows what they're up to. Okay. So thank you for talking about Jared Schaefer. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the other players in a moment. So we left off at where that basically uh, they don't even know that there's been this whole court proceeding and these, all these legal proceedings, and then they get a knock on the door. All right. So can you tell our injured senior community once there's that knock on the door and everything's already been decided, it's already been adjudicated, they're toast. So what happens from there? Well, they're given, uh, in some of the cases that I followed, they're given uh, a couple of choices from this guardian. Now, keep in mind, this guardian does this every day to different people. They are not compassionate. They're sociopaths. They're extremely dangerous. And they're trafficking humans. And uh, all, they're, all they're doing to this person, it's another cash cow. It's another person. They're trying, they need to get you out of your house, with which they have the legal, now the legal right to do so. because. They have a legal binding piece of paper that says you cannot take care of yourself and you have dementia. They get you out. They take you to a nursing home. Sometimes the nursing home's in the know. Sometimes they're not. Uh, it all depends. And they take you to the nursing home. They drug you up. You're saying, hey, what is going on? You're confused. You don't know what's happening. And then the very next day, they show up in a U-Haul because this is just systemic and they go through your house, they find your cash, they find everything. They already have access to your stocks, your bank accounts, et cetera. They have to wait on that because they, have to, they only have temporary guardianship of you at this point. There's going to be another trial coming up that you're not going to know about that it's going to have happen and you're not going to be able to show up to it because you're going to be incarcerated in this nursing home. I know this sounds terrible. It is terrible and it sounds like a horror story and it sounds like it's not true. And I know I'm, I sound like I'm just being a, uh, I was the Yiddish word of Obama monster of, uh, you know, saying <laughs> this is a big, bad, scary world, but it's true. And it happens and it's happened. It's ha- I've, I've seen it happen to so many thousands of people that I don't doubt it at all anymore. I did at the beginning. And so they have, so what they do is when you're in temporary guardianship, they, they try to keep you incarcerated in the nursing home. They keep you drugged up because they say you have dementia and uh, they, they put you on all sorts of uh, uh, psychotropics. And if you resist, they then take you to the psych ward. A lot of people have been taken to the psych ward where if you keep giving them a hard time, they'll do something about it that will probably have more uh, you know, permanent, um, effects, but what they do is they go through your house, they find all the cash and then they empty your house. They, they sell everything just to see what they can. And because they're getting your house ready to sell because a lot of this is a real estate racket as well. It kind of reminds me of one flew over the cuckoo's nest that, you know, that they brought in people, uh, a couple of them were 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 sane. We're we're not insane. And after they got done with them with the drugs and with the shock therapy, you know they 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 just they had given up and and they they couldn't fend for themselves. So, uh, you know, and and watching the movie, I think the part that broke my heart the most was when and I, I don't know if it was the Norths and we'll talk about the Norths in a moment, but it was a it was a couple an elderly couple. And the public guardians, well, the card, the public guardian, and uh, I guess his or her posse or or group that that comes with them. I like I I, I compare them to the the Gestapo. They're waiting outside, and they're waiting for them to leave so they they can then apprehend them as they're leaving and move forward and get into the house and start the process. And I guess the two elderly individuals. They knew what was going on and they were not going to leave that house. So it's like a standoff. And your, your movie shows where they're just basically outside, like, you know, they're police that are on a stakeout and waiting for the criminal to come outside. I mean, it is chilling. Yeah, but I can speak to it. That's a rare case where there's a standoff. Usually, if somebody comes to your house, 
and who's official and says they're an officer of the court and that you, you, and they threaten you, they give you three choices. They, they say, you either come with us and we'll figure this out. We'll take you to the nursing home and we'll figure this out. Uh, and they lie to you. They say it's only for, you know, we're just going to do some tests on you for a couple of days. The second choice is, or we bring the police and you go to jail, or we will take you to a psych ward. You're going to choose to go with these people because you don't know any better, because you, it, it seems legit. And you don't want to call a lot of people, how they get these people is if they do have children to call, you don't want to call your kids because you're embarrassed because you want to figure this out for yourself. You don't want to scare anybody, but, and that's how they get you. They, they, uh, they, they prey on your, it's just very uncomfortable. It's very embarrassing to have this kind of thing happen to you. And like the biggest advice is, first of all, don't go ask for the police and call whoever, you know, right away and tell them this is happening. Please help me. Please come and help me. Because I think a lot for elderly people, there's this, um, I, I wouldn't say pride, but like you, you want to, obviously you have your, you, you have your full wits about you and, and you have your agency and you, you, you think you can take care of yourself. But I'm telling you, if somebody shows up at your door and tells you to come with you, you cannot take care of yourself. You are in deep, you are in serious trouble. And the only way they get away with this is with your compliance. Do not comply. Fight back. You're fighting for your life. I'm sorry to sound like an alarmist, but it's true. No, it's really, it's really good advice. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. It's not believable. And that's how they get you because you don't, you, you, it's just not believable. So you want to be, we all want to get along with people. We want to be non-difficult. This is the time to be difficult. Don't go out unless you're kicking and screaming and something, and it will get to that. They have put people on stretchers. They have physically removed people. And I have accounts of that. And you'll see that in the film. Yeah. How are the children or the significant, you know, family members, how are they allowed to be shut out of the process before you get the knock on the door in the movie, the, the daughter of the Norse shows up, uh, she doesn't know where her parents are for a couple of days. They're, so they're shut out of the process and they're not even notified when this has occurred. How, how, is that, how is that able to happen? Well, there's different theories. Uh, you know, in, in the film, we found a couple case, We found one case and other suspected cases of mail fraud, which is the, uh, you know, obviously in any court proceedings, there needs to be due process for it to be constitutional. So basically, if there's going to be a court hearing about you, it's not legal unless you know about it. And so they have to mail some information to you. But what's happening and what is consistent is that these people are not getting anything in the mail. They're not being told that this is happening. And that's where this is a, a federal crime is that uh, they are, are not following due process. And the federal crime is, is that they are not actually, they're tampering with the mail. So what they're doing in some cases is they are taking guardianship and changing your mailing address and then sending out the mail, knowing full well that the mail is not going to get to you. So that's one way that they do it. Otherwise, they you know, they've been doing this for so long uh, that they don't even bother following the rules because nobody's looking into it. Steve, you're probably, you are the only, the, in the, in the uh, seven years I have been doing this, okay, you are the only lawyer that has approached me asking, how can I help? How can you help? Okay, I, I know so many lawyers that know that watch this film, know that I'm doing it. Even friends of mine who are uh, lawyers that have never said, Hey, let's put an end to this. And that's why they're getting, that's this is, this is a scam run by lawyers, completely run by lawyers. And there are no lawyers fighting lawyers. And that's, that is, uh, you know, a, a serious, serious issue with your, uh, with your industry. And, and it, it, causes a major, I mean, it just creates a major stain on our profession 
and uh, those lawyers should be disbarred uh, or they should be prosecuted and put in jail. It's no different than stealing money from your client, which, which you are doing. Yeah, but many times I have uh, been working with lawyers and found misconduct of other lawyers and wanted to say, hey, we got them. Let's, let's call the bar. And I've been dissuaded and convinced not to because, because there is a culture of lawyers not wanting to tell on other lawyers. Well, and I don't think Schaefer, Jared Schaefer is an attorney, but I know that uh, Norheim, I believe Norheim, the, the administrative law judge, you know, he was the judge over all these hearings and uh, he was so complicit. It's, it's just, it's disgusting. But Schaefer wouldn't be able to do what he was doing without his pack of lawyers. You know, Schaefer is the guy who came up with the idea, but uh, I would say that you know, it was definitely the lawyers that surrounded him. All the lawyers are complicit. All any lawyer that's billing, you know, any senior that's in uh, uh, an abusive guardianship and a faulty guardianship is complicit. They're all they're all in on it. It's a conspiracy. It's a cabal of really bad-minded people. Yeah, and 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 then well, the police, the criminal justice system, also was complicit because. The article in New Yorker, uh, the uh, writer of that article recounts how people would go to the police and say, you know, my, my parents or whoever has been, uh, has been kidnapped. And the police, you know, their response, their canned response would be, it's, a, it's not a police matter. It's a civil matter. No, it's a police matter. <laughs> it's a police matter. Exactly. But at the same time, if that uh, guardian shows up at your door and you don't go with them in the order, it allows them to call the police. And I can tell you thousands of times the police have come and helped get those elderly people out of their homes by force, uh, by police force. Well, now that we're naming all the, all the players in this conspiracy and this criminal uh, it's like almost it's a racketeering crime as far as I'm concerned. What about the uh, the complicity of, of doctors or social workers? I think you had said that it was mostly physicians assistants that would, you know, just like what just put like a, um, a prescription in front of or a, a pad in front of the doctor and say sign this and, and then they would write in that uh, so and so has dementia and, and should be kept under guardianship or should be placed under guardianship. I think it's a lot more calculated than that. I think they had a system and it was like kind of Ocean's Eleven. Everybody had a role uh, in order to make this thing work. And one of the things was they needed uh, a medical professional to uh, sign documents that said they had dementia. But in these cases that I found, it was a physician's assistant. And a physician's assistant has no legal or medical authority to sign dementia. But that did not matter to the court because there was no oversight. So they were signing them, the physician's assistants were signing them on the letterhead, on the doctor's letterhead, on the, on the pad or whatever? Not even, Steve. Not even. They were, it wasn't even a doctor's letterhead. It was a total bogus document that uh, the courts accepted. That It was just part of their scam. They were all, they're all in on it. And can we talk just briefly about April Parks? So as the movie documents, she was one of the minions for uh, Jordan Schaefer. Or he, you know, she was one of the public guardians that uh, got a lot of work. I, I mean, sociopathic really sounds too nice to describe this lady who seemed to, you know, she was sadistic and seemed to enjoy to the way that I just interpreted it. She enjoyed splitting up families or you know, basically hurting people. Um, I mean, is that accurate or, or is that what you saw? Yeah, she was a real uh, uh, boogeyman, but she's just one among many of them. There was uh, a whole bunch of them, but she was the one I think that, uh, that was, uh, you know, without any apology and not trying to do it secretly. Uh, she was just outright open, making people's lives uh, hell. But she—it wasn't just her. She—it was she was one of the guardians. She was a private guardian, but uh, there were the public guardian was doing it. They were all doing it. They were just all 
terribly evil people that uh, had no inhibitions and uh, no remorse about what they were doing. And uh, luckily, you know, one of them, like April Parks, ended up uh, going to prison. But that was just, I mean, I think they were just, that was kind of just, uh, you know, they were giving her up. She was the sacrifice. I was at the time dealing with the DA and um, and covering what the district attorney was doing and how he was looking into it. Um, but, to, you know, after all that, just to arrest four people uh, was uh, a real slap on the face to the thousands upon thousands of people that were are victimized and are still being victimized by this guardianship scam. Yeah. So when April Parks got indicted, I like, you know, jumped up and, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, like I, I that was justice for me. But as you said, uh, you know, it's like a little pebble, you know, or a little bit of granule of sand in a big beach. I mean, there's so many bad actors and so many criminals that are continuing to perpetuate this. Why do you think that there's, uh, I mean, there just has not been any more action taken in Clark County uh, against Jordan Schaefer and all the other private and public guardians who I believe are continuing to do this as we speak? So I know it's like a two question question, but why aren't they being, why aren't they going further? And is this still going on? Well, okay. So just to, just to be clear, his name is Jared Shaper. Just in case there's a Jordan Shaper out there that uh, oh, I apologize. That, uh, yeah, no, well, it's okay. Just in case Jordan Shaper gets a bunch of phone calls and uh, and and uh, death <laughs> yeah. threats. We, My apologies to wanna... Jordan Shaper. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, Jared. Um, okay, so uh, basically, this is a mafia. Except the mafia would never even do anything like this. Uh, I think the mafia has more regard for uh, human life, especially elderly people, than this mafia. This is what, what uh, is sometimes termed as the judicial mafia. And it goes high, it goes really high. We're talking about Vegas, we're talking about a lot of money is made. This is an entire economy uh, that is based, all, most lawyers in, that deal in family court make their living through the trafficking of elderly people. And so the reason why they're not stopping it, because the DA has no power. The DA has no power over these people because it goes all the way up to, uh, you know, the people above them. To And this is a huge business. This is a billion dollar business. Right. No. Yeah. But this was exposed. I mean, it was exposed by the media. It was exposed by your movie. It was exposed by the article in the New Yorker. And I believe the lesson didn't the Nevada legislature uh, reform the law or, or was that just, you know, just a nominal uh, reform? Yeah, I'm sure it was a couple laws that they were able to get through. But but, you know, the problem is, is that uh, these problems will stay as long as it stays at the state level because uh, because the state's involved with it. So and the problem is, is that if it goes above the state, we're then dealing with the Fed. And, uh, you know, God bless them. But who knows what they're capable of? Uh, you know, I went to go show my film to uh, a bunch of uh, federal agents at the J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover building. And uh, I think we were, we were trying to watch the film on uh, dial-up and they didn't have the technological capacity to even watch my movie on, a, uh, on the internet or on a CD-ROM. So relying on them to deal with a, uh, you know, like a, such a huge systemic, corruption is uh it's laughable I was, I was really let down i was very excited to be able to bring my film and and all of our evidence of four years even uh you know one of the people that came with me she had 20 years of evidence and that was uh already um four years ago yeah I, that, that that is just astounding i mean I, I, unbelievable I, you know um i don't want our listeners our injured senior community to take this episode lightly and say, oh, well, it's out in Vegas and I'm in this part of the country and it's not happening here. 
Well, yes, it is happening in other cities. Uh, I believe uh, Sarasota is also a hot spot. Is it really anywhere else, anywhere where people go to retire? Yeah, it's happening everywhere. There's not one state that does not have a guardianship abuse going on. And remember, it, this doesn't, a lot of this happens with a relative. It's the relative that allows these people in. It's a, it's a, it's a son or a daughter or a nephew or a niece. Uh, they, they like to work with family members. So it, it happens uh, even with your own family. Most the uh, family members involved somewhat, um, but even they don't even know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, and, uh, you know, what the states that uh, I found that it happened the most were states that uh, were two-party states, meaning um, when you make a phone call and in order to record a phone call, both parties have to be aware of the recording. Uh, so you can't secretly record people in about nine states in uh, the U.S., and those nine states are where guardianship abuse is rampant because there's no way to catch them. So, you know, we've really focused on the public and private guardians, the non-family members. But you're saying that there's also a, a, a subgroup of family members that are, uh, some are knowingly uh, complicit, but some are also unwittingly uh, uh, involved in it. They don't, they don't know that it's as, you know, as, as much of a crime as it is. Yeah, you, there are different ways that you can be fall into guardianship abuse. One is just from without the guardians at all. One is just from your family members. I mean, there's, you know, parental abuse, uh, a lot of times elderly abuse, vulnerable persons abuse um, from the hands of your children or, uh, or family members who uh, want your money and will take advantage of you when you're vulnerable. Um, and then there's guardianship. Uh, where they do that when the children aren't around to help protect you. But then there's also a mix of the two, and there's two divisions of that. One is where one of the family members is helping uh, against the other family members who's helping the guardian get in there, and they have their own side deals going on. But then there'll be other times where a family member will help probably in, uh, you know, with good intentions. Or maybe they feel they made a mistake halfway through, but there, there's no way getting out once this once this well-oiled machine, this ruthless, sociopathic, without any conscience machine gets a hold, gets their fingers in, they're not letting go. It's like a pit bull who can't let go of its jaw once it bites down. Yeah, that is, that's just outrageous. And just to make it clear, there are lots of legitimate guardianships that are where the, where the guardian is actually looking out for the best interest of the ward, as they call the uh, the elderly individual, isn't that correct? Yeah, we can't uh, we can't uh, operate our society the way it's run without having guardians. Elderly people need guardianship. It's a it's a necessary part of the cycle of life. Where if you cannot take care of yourself, you need somebody to take care of you. And if you don't have family, there needs to be some social services whether it be through the public or through private, that's going to, that's going to take care of you. So uh, that's, uh, but like anything, if the system is not fully well thought out and there are loopholes for people to come in and exploit, you're going to have that. And I think as a, a society, we are just evolving. You know, it wasn't that long ago that uh, we weren't as civil as a society as we are right now. And as we become more civilized, we need to figure out our ailments. And so where there's crime and where there's darkness is in the shadows of things we have yet to both realize and reform. And so that's all this is. And so on a positive note, it's like, just like anybody's own internal growth, we're growing as a society. And there are, you know, it's, it's, it's biological. Sociopathy is biological. You're going to have like 4% of the population that do not have a conscience and will be out to hurt you. And that's just part of humanity. So it's going to exist uh, just like cockroaches uh, or mosquitoes, whether you like it or not, they exist and they just hide. They hide in these loopholes and these things that we have yet to figure out. 
Um, and, and it's not all doom and gloom because I do have uh, solutions on how to, how to figure this out. But unfortunately, the only people who are dealing with this kind of stuff are the people that are caught up in it. And it's too late if you're caught up in it. There are very few people like me uh, that are advocates and trying to help. And uh, there's some really amazing advocates I was able to film in my film. And there's they're all over the country, but we're very small and very unorganized. And I will tell you this, Steve, there's not enough lawyers. There's not enough lawyers. It's an easy system for a lawyer like yourself to uh, over, do some oversight, see where the holes are. These guys are not hiding what they're doing. They are all easily litigatable. And uh, I don't know if that's a real word, litigatable. We'll let it work for we'll let it work for this show. I think it works. <laughs> litigatable, and uh, and it's I yeah. I really think this is an easy system to clean up, it, and and it's something that can be profitable because these people are stupid. They might be evil, and they might be smart at what they're doing, but they're stupid. They leave a track, and and we really can go after them. Well, yeah, I think, and and like in a lot of other instances, the only way to achieve justice for a lot of people is through the uh is through civil trials is through the uh civil judicial system because uh it's criminal but it's also negligence it's gross negligence it's wanton and willful and you know when you're sitting on a jury and you're presented with uh, stories like you told today that are absolutely just you know heartbreaking the juries usually tend to get it right and they tend to, you know, they, they, they know injustice when they see it. So we're, we're going to continue to uh, do everything we can to, you know, to proceed in, in, in that direction and, and try to, by getting results, uh, very favorable results through the judicial system, hopefully that will prompt some of our lawmakers to finally make some uh, lasting changes in, in the guardianship arena. So, well, I, I don't think we can leave it to, uh, I don't think we can leave it to law enforcement. Law enforcement has totally failed our, our elderly population. Okay. Uh, if for many reasons, they're stupid. Law enforcement is stupid. And I'm sorry to say that, but they just don't care about elderly people. It's in every state. The reason why, uh, this has not reformed and it's not, there's been no changes is because our law enforcement do not have the ability to do it. And those that are in, with the power to do it are usually corrupt and they, they, they're corrupt by their power and by their, their votes. They don't care. We, we, our society is sick because we do not take care of our elderly people. And it's, again, I'll say it again. The only way to cure this is to go after the people in civil court. It's the only way. It's not law enforcement won't do it. Our system won't do it. Uh, they're all in on it. They're com- they're complicit. They're 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 part of the problem. They're actually doing it. But again, if anybody's listening to this who has a you know a law degree and they're smart, you can make a lot of money. These people, all their mistakes are out on the open, and it's a hu- it could be a huge business for anybody to go after these people. Right. It shouldn't be the the economic benefits should not be uh, the primary uh, motivation for attorneys. But like you said, you you know, juries tend to come back with big verdicts when they're outraged. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something to take take uh, take into consideration. But that is really well said, Bill. Before we start to uh, shut it down for today, could you just repeat some of those action steps as far as uh, individuals who either are getting that knock on the door uh, and law enforcement or the public guardians are on the other side and uh, telling them they have to leave or they want to come in? What are some action steps that they can take or their children who find out about it and you know, want, to, want to be able to save, uh, save their, their parents? Okay, well, first and foremost is get your legal affairs in order with your estate and uh, go to your, uh, a lawyer that you trust, an estate lawyer that you trust, uh, make sure that they uh, watch the guardians and say you want to protect yourself from guardianship abuse. That's the first thing is you need to be in touch with your children if you have them or anybody that you trust that in this case 
in the in the uh, occurrence of being put into guardianship without your knowledge that you that you have legal papers that defer to the person that you trust, whether it be the kid, that you do not give anybody the right to put you in guardianship until this person has spoken been spoken to. So I, I, I'm not a lawyer. I, I know that there's something like that out there that you can protect yourself at least that there's a paper trail that says you are aware of this might be happening and you've taken precautions. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that doesn't matter because they're going to do this regardless of whether you have it, but it's going to help you down, down the line. And then when they show up at your door, you tell them, if you do not know who they are, you tell them absolutely not. If they try to threaten you, you do not buy into their threats. If they threaten you with the police, you not only say, good, call the police. I'm going to call the police as well. And you call the police. And then the next thing you do before you have the first thing you do, I think would be call the police. And then the next thing you do, just so that you have it on the record. And then the next thing you do is call your family member. And I would, again, set that up, like watch the film, get your kids to watch the film. You know, better to be safe than sorry. Chances are it's not going to happen to you, but better be safe than sorry. Cause there's a great chance, a bigger chance than you know, that it is going to happen to you. So, have that conversation with your family or the person that you love, and they be the first person you call. Have an emergency contact. You always have to fill out who's your emergency contact. Well, this is something you need an emergency contact for. So you call them, you put them on the phone with those people, and you have somebody that is your emergency contact that could show up at your door very quickly if you have that ability to do that. Do not go with that person. Don't even invite them in the house. Don't invite anybody in the house that you don't know. Right. That is really valuable information, Billy. And uh, uh, our entire injured senior or just our senior and elderly population in the United States should be very grateful to you uh, as well as other individuals who are fighting against uh, this horrific process. So if any of our listeners want to see The Guardians, which I've already uh, said is is a much watch, and you've said is I mean you, to protect yourselves, you've got to see this show, uh, this documentary. Where would uh, where would they be able to go find it? Well, right now it's uh, on Amazon. I don't know if it's for purchase or not on Amazon. But if for any reason you can't get it on Amazon, I don't know if your uh, listeners have um, a way to email you but I will provide you with a, uh, a, a, a link to watch the film if you can't uh, get it off Amazon or you don't have Amazon or you can't afford to uh, purchase it for yourself to watch it online. Uh, we can uh, set something up for your uh, viewers to watch it. That's great. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill, because, yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of people, including my parents, who just don't know how to even – you know, access Amazon or Netflix. And so we, we, we don't want them to be left out. So yeah, if you could, um, you know, give us a link and uh, if anyone wants to watch the guardians and they can't get it, they can't access it uh, off of Amazon or wherever else they can uh, contact me at Steve at injured senior hotline.com. And I will gladly furnish them with the link. And we'll also want them to give me their feedback because, uh, again, we just have to start educating uh, and, and exposing this uh, to everybody because, you know, whether you're a, uh, an, an elder or you're a senior, you know, or you're in your 30s and your 40s or even in your 20s, you have parents and you have grandparents. So everybody is touched by this. So that's wonderful. Billy, if they want to get in touch with you, I mean, if they wanted to email you about their own story or whatever, I mean, is that possible? Or would they be able to email you or maybe get you off of social media? Or what's the way to get in touch with you? Of course. Best way to reach me is info, I-N-F-O, at Billy Mint, B-I-L-L-I-E, Mint, M as in Mary, I-N as in Norman, T-Z dot com. 
And you can go to my website, billymints.com, and I, I have an email link there as well. Uh, you can access my other stuff, and uh, I'd be happy to talk to anybody. And just for the record, uh, could you tell our audience a little bit about, uh, just briefly, uh, you do have some other documentaries. I haven't seen them yet, but I understand that they are uh, just as good as, as The Guardians. Uh, can you maybe tell us a little bit about some of those uh, you know, about those uh, films? Sure. I, I uh, made a film a while back about uh, Ponzi schemes. This was about four months before Bernie Madoff was exposed. I was the victim of a Ponzi scheme, and I had no idea what a Ponzi scheme was. And so I became very involved in uh, bringing justice to all the people. It was, at the time, the largest Ponzi scheme in the United States without knowing who Bernie Madoff was. And four months later, that became. And then I, uh, I made a film about, uh, I was very fascinated with people in uh, middle America that uh, were very dedicated towards making a play about Jesus. And I lived, uh, it was the largest uh, Jesus pageant in, uh, in the United States of America, the longest running, it's been running for 100 years. So I made a film about that. And uh, I'm making a film, I just finished a film right now about an artist who uh, died without anybody knowing who he was. And it's a film about the grandson as he uh, travels across the world to find his uh, grandfather's paintings. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, what are the names of the movies in order? <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, for, first film is called The Ponzi Scheme. The next film is called uh, Jesus Town USA. And then the new film that's about to come out this year is called Portrayal. Wow. Well, Billy, we want to, uh, again, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I am going to have you on again. We could, you know, talk about, uh, you know, obviously there's so much to talk about with uh, the guardianship epidemic that we have in this country and discuss maybe uh, stories about other individuals and their particular situation. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that, but we definitely want to have you back on and we can have you back on uh, to comment about other social injustices that are under your telescope that you're kind of investigating or looking at. Now, I know that you probably don't want to reveal if it's something that, you know, you might be, you know, exposing later on, but things that you can talk about, we definitely want to have you on. So thanks, Bill. I'm open. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So injured senior community, this is uh, Steve Heisler uh, about to sign off. That's it for today. If you have any legal questions or would like a legal consultation, feel free to email me at steve at injuredseniorhotline.com. Also, if you would like to audition to be a guest on the Injured Senior Podcast, such as telling your story as an injured senior or elder, or as the child or a loved one of an injured senior or elder, again, email me at steve at injuredseniorhotline.com. Don't forget, injured senior community, if you like the content uh, that was discussed today in this episode, please head on over to our show notes where you will find a summary of today's show and any important links we mention in this episode. Also, always feel free to reach out to me about your own story, as, uh, as I just mentioned, and feel free, as always, to email me, and uh, I would love to engage in uh, correspondence to learn more about it and see if there's anything I can do to help. Now, if you can, please subscribe to our show on any of uh, your favorite platforms. We're on all of them, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. If you could give a five-star rating and review, that would be awesome. I know this ran about double the time that we normally allot for each episode. I mean, this, this ran for about an hour, but it was really, really vital stuff. And I'm so glad that uh, you're able to get this information and hopefully uh, do everything you can to protect yourself and your loved one from what we talked about today. So thanks again for listening to today's show. Be sure to tune in to next week's show, and I will talk to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Stay safe and stay protected. 
Thanks for listening to the Injured Senior Podcast with Steve H. Heisler. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more or to get help anytime, go to InjuredSeniorHotline.com or call 855-622-6530. We'll see you next time.